everyone. Welcome to Dot Elyon Podcast. My name is Yoel Glick, and I am the director of Dot Elyon, Center for Jewish Meditation and Spiritual Training in the Holy City of Jerusalem. We are delighted to bring you these talks about the spiritual life and explore new ways of looking at ancient traditions in the light of modern spirituality. We hope to open your mind expand your heart through these podcasts. Today's subject is Infinite Ways of Serving God. The great Hasidic master, the seer of Lublin, once remarked, a God whom one could serve only in one set way What kind of a God would that be? The Midrash Tanchuma, a collection of rabbinic teachings, makes the following observation. (coughs) Just as people's faces are different one from the other, so their opinions are also different one from another. The sharp-minded Rebbe Menachem Mendel of Kortsk looked at this teaching and quipped. The Midrash is telling us that, in the same easy manner in which we accept, that another person's face is different than ours, we should also accept that another person's opinion can be different than our own. When we start out on the spiritual life, we think that we know everything. We're sure that we have found the truth, that our way is the only way. It is difficult for us to be open to the opinions of others. However, the more we advance along the path, the more we come to understand that life is a continuing unfolding of the truth. The more wisdom that we gain in our lives, the more we realize that we really know nothing at all. It is this spiritual humility which leads us to be open to other opinions and ideas. It is this trust in God which allows us to open our hearts and minds to other people and other points of view. This spiritual openness is the hallmark of all great spiritual figures. This is because an evolved soul is multidimensional. He or she knows that there are many ways to approach God. In fact, the extent of a person's spiritual development can be measured by the breadth of his or her catholicity. The more evolved the soul, the more paths he will encompass in his embrace. Even if he lives in a traditional religious setting, he will still exhibit this openness. This is often what marks him out as unique. The Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic movement, explains that this is because there are two types of spiritual masters, two types of sadikim. One sadik or spiritual master lives a saintly life, but for himself alone. He cannot guide others along the path. He does not see with the breadth of vision. 
Then there is another type of spiritual master. This sadiq is more open and expansive. He appreciates all of the different spiritual paths. He can give spiritual nourishment to everyone according to their needs. Baal Shem believed that this is the heating meaning of Psalm 92, verse 13. The righteous shall flourish like a date palm, grow tall like a cedar in Lebanon. The cedar represents the first type of sadiq, a strong, tall tree, but which bears no fruit. The date palm represents the second type of spiritual master, a tree that is both tall and strong and also bears fruit in abundance. Baal Shem Tov leaves no doubt which sadiq he thinks is the greater of the two. Rabbi Abraham Isaac Cook was a perfect example of this second type of spiritual master. He insisted on the universal perspective as one of the pillars of his thought. He had immense love for both the religious and secular Jews. He believed in the need to be both spiritually strong and also expansive. He declared a Jew's soul must grow broad. It must be aflame and grow mighty. We must remove all obstacles upon its path. Everything does not, that does not help it proceed on its way. Moreover, we must help it, the soul, so that spiritual content will be available to it, and so that every mixture of temperament will help it blossom. This is the secret of Torah in this world and of all the paths of life, of faith, and holiness. Encouraging the creation of many different paths will not undermine our faith, nor will it lead to spiritual chaos. True freedom does not bring religious anarchy. True freedom cultivates inspiration, creativity, and joy in God. You can see how this works in Hinduism. Hinduism encompasses many different paths to God. It grants enormous personal freedom to its practitioners in terms of religious practice and worship. This approach has fostered incredible spiritual creativity and it has produced numerous spiritual masters and saints. The time of the early rabbis is a good example of a period when there was both substantial spiritual freedom and also tremendous creativity in Judaism. The early rabbis were open and relaxed in their approach to the religious life, especially in the period before the compilation of the Mishnah, there was a profusion of paths and ways of living Judaism. In fact, the rabbis were considered to be radicals and heretics by the Sadducees, the religious establishment of their day. It's only later on that they became the normative approach within Judaism. Even when, when majority rule was instituted by the rabbis, minor opinions were still kept in the record as an acknowledgement of the importance of seeing different viewpoints and the need to make space for the individual. This was one of the guiding principles of law and practice for them, part of their particular approach to the religious life. 
Rabbi Nachman of Breslov teaches that this diversity of approach is the outward expression of a profound spiritual ideal. When we truly accept that all the different opinions are part of one single, indivisible truth, we are revealing the unity behind the multiplicity of physical manifestation. The more that we can hold different opinions and at the same time work together with a sense of unity and love, the more God's oneness will be revealed in the world. This unity in diversity, Rabbi Nachman believed, represents a superior divine revelation than if everyone followed the same spiritual path. Rabbi Gedalia Koneg, one of the modern-day leaders of the Breslov Hasidim in Israel, had a beautiful way of expressing this vision. The people of Israel are like a tree, he said. This great tree has one main trunk from which spring a multitude of branches with an abundance of leaves and flowers on every branch. Each branch is different than the other. Each leaf and flower has its own individual shape, color, and fragrance. They all contribute their unique character and personal qualities to the tree. This is what gives the tree its beauty and its grace. Gedaliah's tree is a symbol for the soul of Israel. It reflects the infinite ways in which God has manifest the divine being through the millions of lives that make up the people of Israel. The more each of us can reveal the divine spark that is within us, the more radiant our flower or leaf will be. The more we can see the divine spark in others, the more glorious the entire tree will become. There's another level to this teaching, this way of viewing reality. The prophet Zechariah, chapter 14, verse 19, proclaims, On that day God will be one, and the divine name will be one. The Talmud explains that at the end of days, God will make a circle of all the great souls in the Garden of Eden, with the Eternal One in the middle. And each of the great souls will point to God and say, This is the God that we aspire to. A day will come, the Talmud is telling us, when everyone everywhere will realize that it is the same God that we are all going towards. It is the same God that we all are serving. And the same God that we all love. So the 19th century Hindu saint Sri Ramakrishna used to say, God is only one and not two. Different people call on him by different names. Some as Allah, some as God, others as Krishna, Shiva and Brahman or Adonai. It's like the water in a lake. Some drink it at one place and call it Jal. Others at another place and call it Pani. Still others at a third place and call it water. The Hindus call it Jal, the Christians water, and the Muslims Pani. We can add the Jews call it Mayim. But Sri Ramakrishna says, it, 
the water is one and the same thing. Opinions are but paths. Each religion is only a path leading to God, as rivers come from different directions and ultimately become one in the ocean. This unique vision is embodied in a special commandment for our age, the commandment to love all of the world's religions. We each have our own religion that we love and believe in, but this does not preclude our loving the wisdom and truth that is in other religions, nor does it prevent us from cherishing the special part of God that they can reveal. Part of the process of learning to love other religions is getting to know their teachings and practices, understanding their customs and beliefs. Part of loving other religions is not being afraid to enter their houses of worship to attend their religious ceremonies and life events. Part of loving other religions is being open to experiencing ways of worshipping God that are different than our own. Part of loving other religions is being ready to acknowledge the presence of God wherever we may find it. Our love for other religions cannot be a half-hearted kind of love that says, your religion is okay, is okay, but my religion is better. It needs to be a full love, a love that has a deep respect and appreciation for what other religions have to offer humanity. It needs to arise out of a firm knowledge, a clear understanding, and a profound sharing of each other's religious experience. When we have learned to love all of the world's religions, then we will fully accept all the other peoples of the world. Then we will acknowledge that all other peoples are God's beloved children, all are part of his eternal plan. When we recognize that God is one, no matter which name we call him or her by, then we will all learn to live and act together as one. Once all of humanity has learned to live and act as one, then the whole of this reality will be transformed. Abgedaya Konecht used his beautiful metaphor about the branches, leaves, and flowers of a tree to talk about different paths in Judaism. We can extend his wonderful metaphor to all of humanity's faiths. If we can hold that universal vision, then surely all of the world's religions will truly become a resplendent tree of life. Thank you for joining me today. It's been wonderful to be together with you. I hope your mind has been stimulated, your consciousness expanded, and your heart blown wide open. I look forward to sharing this time together with you next week. In the meantime, check out our website, .org. Join our incredible webinar series, Soul Adventures, or become part of the Holy Apple Orchard, our exciting membership program. And the next time you are in Jerusalem, come and visit us. 
Shalom. Peace be with you all.